The church we see is a family. A community of people from all cultures and generations. A place anyone can call home. The church we see is a reflection of Jesus. Demonstrated in the way we live and the way we love. The church we see is the hope of the world. Where lives are restored, healed, transformed. The church we see is an army of ordinary people. Yet we are kingdom ambassadors. Seeing heaven invade earth. This is the church we see. 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 Well, thank you so much. Why don't you join me in welcoming everybody from Kingsgate Leicester, Kingsgate Cambridge, and those joining from around the UK and around the world online. Let me start with a question. Have you paused recently to consider how wonderful the human body is. Did you know, for example, that the length of all your blood cells laid end to end would go two and a half times around the earth? That, wow. Or did you know that all the DNA in your body laid in one fine line would stretch 10 billion miles to beyond Pluto? How they can calculate these things, I just don't know. Did you know that your tongue is covered in up to 8,000 taste buds. No wonder food tastes so good. Or did you know that, and this is amazing, your brain has the ability to store the equivalent of 2.5 million gigabytes of digital memory. So can I say, no excuses not for remembering every part of this message. <laughs> it's stunning, isn't it? But you know, I think what's even more amazing than individual stats or facts about the incredible parts of the body is the way that our bodies are designed to function in harmony and unison so that you and I can basically operate on the earth. Why don't we just thank God for the gift of our bodies? Absolutely amazing. Truly is a wonder. But can I say, as I've been studying for this message, it just struck me again. An even greater wonder that we as God's people, the church, are described in the New Testament as a body. You know, those of you who've been around last two weeks, we've been looking at different pictures uh, from the book of Ephesians of the church. And we looked a couple of weeks ago at the family of God. Are you glad that we're the family of God? And then last week, we talked about the the, the miracle and the mystery of the fact that we are the bride of Christ. Wow. But Paul's favorite term for the church is that we are the body of Christ, the body of Christ. And in fact, uh, the body of Christ is such a familiar term that sometimes when Christians are talking about the church, they just call it the body of Christ. Isn't that right? So the question is, where did Paul get that image from? Well, I believe, and most commentators would, would believe, that it probably goes back to his conversion experience. Uh, don't know if you know the story, but his birth name was Saul. And so this guy, Saul, before becoming a Christian, basically saw it as his mission to persecute the church. He went around killing and imprisoning Christians. And he's on the road to Damascus basically to continue this mission of persecuting the church. He meets the risen Jesus, and he hears a voice saying, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? 
Now notice what Paul, what Jesus didn't say to him. He didn't say, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute my people? He didn't say, why do you persecute my church? He said, why do you persecute me? Can I say that if harm is done to the church, somehow Jesus takes it very personally. If we bless and honor the church, Jesus receives it personally. If we neglect the church, somehow Jesus takes it personally. And I believe out of this encounter, Paul came up with this incredible picture, not just of us as the body, but of Jesus Christ as somehow the head and us as his body. Aren't you glad that when I came up here, uh, my body didn't come one way and my head came the other way? You're glad that I came up connected? And Paul is so struck by this sense of Jesus identifying with his people that he comes up with this stunning picture of us as the body, members of one another, Jesus the head, and as he says in Ephesians 1, 23, and the church is, what is it? Christ's body in which he speaks and acts. Of course, we know that Jesus isn't physically present here, but now, here's the miracle. By the power of the Holy Spirit, we are raised up with Jesus, seated in heavenly places. And if Jesus wants to get stuff done on the earth, he primarily does it through his body. That's us. Now, that is stunning. And so with that in mind, that's a picture of the whole church, the worldwide church. But I want to apply this today in this vision series to Kingsgate. What is the church that we see? Well, first can I say that the church we see, just like a human body, just like a physical body, needs to be living, healthy, and growing. How many want Kingsgate to be living, healthy, and growing? Can I have an amen? Big amen. He wants to be living, and I believe that's what God wants for us. He wants us to be living, healthy, and growing. So let's look at each of these in turn. Firstly, the church we see is called to be a living body where every member keeps connecting. Now, 40 years ago, when I was two, no, when I was 18, I was going on, getting ready to go on a gap year to Israel. Went to a kibbutz. Karen and I met there, so it was, a, it was a great outcome. But part of my job when I went out there was I was part of the picking grapefruits team. It was fantastic. You got up at five o'clock in the morning, you were done by eight o'clock, you could doss the rest of the day. It was amazing. But one day they were a bit short in the factory, which is where Karen worked. And so I had to go in for just for one day, and I had to work on these various machines. Now, it was a kind of monotonous job uh, making spring coils, and so I, my mind started drifting. And then suddenly, as I was sort of working away, I heard this noise. Shh! And I looked down, blood everywhere, and the top of my thumb was hanging off. So this is an um, adult-only message. Like, I tell you what I didn't do. I thought, oh, well, it's only the top of my thumb. I'll just leave it hanging there. I know what I'll do. It's pretty useless. I'm going to chop it off, put it in a drawer. I didn't do that, did I? <laughs> Apart from when I sort of recovered. <laughs> I think I went white. And I quickly called for help. And thankfully, through good surgeons, it got um, put back on. And all you can see is a tiny little scar. I have a fully functioning thumb, I'm pleased to report. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
thank God for surgeons. Everything's working except my laptop here. Anyway, um, but if I'd left my thumb, of course, it would have quickly done what? It would have died and decayed, and I'd have been left without a fully functioning thumb. Can I say I believe one of the big tragedies of the last two years, aside from the health and the bereavement, has been the way that the pandemic, particularly in the early months, basically pushed us all apart to isolate. And can I say right now, and many people would agree, we are facing, if you like, another pandemic. It's less obvious, but a mental health pandemic. Because I say, psychologically, you and I were not supposed to be distant from one another, isolated. We were supposed to be in community with other fellow human beings. Amen? And so... So we need to just realize it has a psychologically damaging effect if we disconnect. But sadly, some of this kind of broader isolating thing has, um, as it were, hastened a trend that's been going on, particularly in the Western world, where Christians worldwide have been either hanging, <laughs> hanging on or actually fully disconnecting from the body and some have even fallen for the lie, the devil's deception that says, I can have a great relationship with Jesus the head, but I'm not going to be part of the body. How many know that's a lie from the pit of hell? It goes totally against the whole um, mindset of Paul and the New Testament. If we're going to be biblical Christians, we need to realize that we need to be part of the body. And so if we want the whole church, I have a passion pastorally. I don't just want some people to, to connect. I want every single member, every single person that God has called to be part of this church to get connected and keep connection, connecting for their well-being and spiritual life and for the health of the whole body. Every single person, you know, whether you're in Cambridge, Leicester, online, here in the room, God wants every single one of us to keep connected. It's not just, oh, it's only a thumb. We won't bother with that one, no. God wants every member of the body to be alive and well. I love uh, the way Romans 12 puts it in the message. It says, in this way, we are like the various parts of a human body. Each part gets its meaning from the body as a whole, not the other way around. That's a different mindset from the one we have. The body we're talking about is Christ's body of chosen people. Each of us finds, listen to this, our meaning and function as a part of his body, but as a chopped off finger or cut off toe, we wouldn't amount to much, would we? Notice how biblical my story is of my thumb. It's all there in the Bible. That's strong, isn't it? So what does it look like for every one of us to keep connecting? Well, can I say it's a lot more than just watching a service or coming along to a service. Can I say it's better to be an attender and a regular faithful attender than it is a non-attender? That's a great starting place. But God's desire was never for us just to come, watch content, even get involved at one level, and then go away again. That's not a body. That can be an audience. We are designed to be a body where every single member is connected. Again, um, connected how? Well, Yes, we're connected to the whole worldwide body of Christ if we're born again. But the passion of the Holy Spirit through the New Testament is that every Christian needs to get connected into a congregation, a body of believers somewhere that they can say, that is my home. In our context, it would be one of our, one of our campuses. And what does that look like? Well, let me go back to my thumb. 
I'm glad that my thumb is connected to the whole of my body. I'm glad it's connected to my brain so it knows what to do. I'm glad it's connected to my, my heart so that the blood pumps through it. But my thumb is particularly connected to, the other, uh, to my other fingers and to this hand. And I believe that's just a, a simple little illustration that we and I, you and I need to be part of a congregation. But we also, and that can be physically or it can be part of the online campus, we need to be connected, but we need to be particularly connected to a few other members of the body where we're not anonymous, where we don't just come and go, places where we are known and needed. Can I say you psychologically and spiritually need places where you are known and where you are needed? Can I have an amen? Every single place. That's God's plan for us. And so in our context, we would say we've got our small groups and we've got our ministry teams. And the most connected people are gonna be those who are fully functioning in a small group and a ministry team. So can I just say, if in any way you've never been connected, you never joined the dots between the difference between attendance and actually connection, can I encourage you, get connected today. If you got disconnected in any way, or you're just hanging on like my thumb was, now is the time to get fully reconnected. We wanna see a living body where every member keeps connecting. But that, that's, that's only the start. The second dimension is we want to see a church that's not just a living body where everyone keeps connection, connecting, but a healthy body, say healthy, a healthy body where every member keeps functioning. Sadly, our physical bodies don't always stay healthy. So let me tell you another less gruesome, <laughs> but in some ways more painful personal illustration. A few years ago, I started having problems with my right knee, uh, basically wear and tear. I don't know if I damaged it on a long walk or whatever. And basically the root of it was I had problems with my cartilage. Now, would you agree that naturally speaking, the cartilage is not ob obvious, it's not visible. I mean, it's not like the heart or the lungs. So, I mean, it doesn't really matter, does it? Oh, my word. <laughs> Damaged cartilage meant that my knee started swelling up. I couldn't do one of my favorite activities, which is go on long prayer walks. And because I, 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 I still did it anyway, but because I kept walking with a damaged knee, it affected my pelvis, my back got out of joint. And so again, I didn't just think, oh well. I did all I could. I obviously prayed, but I also managed to get an operation. And so that they did the op, they sorted things out on the inside. They told me it wasn't gonna be 100% successful, but thank God we have a divine healer. And so the, part, the Holy Spirit partnered with the work of the surgeons. And I can honestly say all these years on, I'm having no problems with my knee. I'm walking 15, 20,000 steps a day at least, praise God. And it's not just helping. You see, I didn't leave my knee, say, well, that bit doesn't matter. Because I wanted every part of my body to be functioning together. How many know God has a passion for you and I to function in the unique place with the unique, wonderful, special gifts that he's given, given every single one of us? And when we all function together, guess what we're gonna have? A healthy body, a healthy church. And, and that's why if you look at um, Paul's letters in Romans chapter 12, if you want to check it out, 
1 Corinthians 12, and then here in the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 4, Paul having, as it were, talked about the unity and the oneness of the body in the first few chapters of Ephesians 4, moves on in verse 7, and he says how he, the Lord, has given each of us, each one of us, a special gift. Say special gift. Special gift through the generosity of Christ. Do you know in, in the body we have some hidden but amazing parts? Do you know that your balance is determined by some little bones in your ear? Can I say you have incredible gifts that God wants for your sake to fulfill your destiny and for the sake of the body he wants us all to use those special gifts. And then Paul goes on and he starts talking about certain leadership gifts. If you know the passage, he talks about apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And some people say, yeah, yeah, I get that. I get the fact that leaders have special gifts. But can I say, the, the leaders were never supposed to do all the work of the ministry. Read on to verse 12. It says, their responsibility, the responsibility of these leaders, is to equip, who? God's people to do his work. And what's the goal? To build up the church, the body of Christ. Let me say this. You're special. Some of you are like, not me. <laughs> no, you're special. You have a unique combination of your personality, your background, your experiences, your passions. And if you're a Christian here and you've got the Holy Spirit in you, you have certain gifts, spiritual gifts, that God wants you to use for the building up of the body. And can I say, by way of celebration, that for the first 30 plus years of Kingsgate, we have seen that model of leaders equipping members. I want to just say thank you and well done to hundreds and hundreds of people across all our different campuses who said, yes, we get this. Uh, the body of Christ is not one or two or a few people doing all the work. It's about the whole body functioning. So I want to thank and celebrate every single person who for three decades or more have played their part in the body being healthy. And then, of course, two years ago almost, coming up to two years, the pandemic hit. And what it meant was, amongst other things, is that a number of long-standing, healthily functioning members, particularly in, in a Sunday context, we had life groups still going and community action, suddenly it was like taking away the opportunity to serve on a Sunday. And, you know, a couple of months might have been fine for, you know, time to rest and recuperate and rediscover and think about where we're at. But two years is way too long. But I've got some good news. Over the last year, we've started seeing hundreds and hundreds of those members returning and functioning again. And even better, we've had many, many new people across all our campuses said, we want to jump in. We want to play our part to help the body get healthy. Why don't we just thank God for that? And so little by little, the church is being restored to full health. But I'm not content with that. I don't believe God is. Because God's goal is not a sum or even many members of the body are functioning. The church we see, the, the church, if we really understand God's passion through the word and by the spirit is that every member finds his or her place in the body. Let me, let me just make a caveat here. Some of you may be in a, in a whole season of serious ill health or you're navigating the pressures of a really young family. 
And so you can't serve in a way that you would like to do, and we understand that. But can I say, for the vast majority of us, God wants us to find our place and function for our good and for the good of the body. You may say, well, you know, I just joined the church and I'm getting restored or I just come back and I need a time of recalibration. Well, interestingly, that word equip there, the leader's job is to, uh, are to equip the saints. It's a wonderful little word. It, it can be used in a medical term. If I was to, <laughs> back to something going wrong with my body, I'm, I'm healthy, by the way. It, if I was to, if I was to my, break my limb, the word in the Greek to restore or heal would be the word equip, mend it so that it could function again. So can I say, if you're here and you need a little bit of mending, we'd love to see you mended up and healed in Jesus' name. Amen? Yeah, may this be a great place of recovery. But can I say, don't stay in recovery mode too long because actually, both medically and spiritually, the best way that uh, limbs or parts of the body can recover is by functioning again as quickly as possible. Back to my knee again. Um, the, the surgeons afterwards said, now what's going to happen is, you know, it's been, a, it's been an op here. What will happen is you mustn't just let your, your leg just stay there, uh, just as I- I- immobile. As quickly as possible, in fact, I think they, they encouraged me straight away to start doing strengthening exercises for, for my quads so that the muscles didn't atrophy and... Uh, basically the whole thing must start to cease. Can I say, for some of you, you may think, I, I've never really served, I've never really functioned, I don't even know what that looks like, or you've stopped, and you think, oh gosh, this feels a bit painful using this muscle. That, that I, I mean, I, did you hear, apparently a number of people doing Joe Wicks during the pandemic pull muscles all over the place because they, they were using muscles they never used. Anyway, but you're not gonna pull a muscle spiritually. Start exercising, maybe gently at first, but you'll start finding, as you start serving, it will start becoming supernaturally natural, and you'll find the grace of God and the gifts of the Spirit are going to start flowing through you, and you'll start thinking, I'm becoming alive and healthy, and I'm contributing to God's great plan for the church. Can I have an amen? So we want, we want a living body, everybody connecting, a healthy body, everyone keeps functioning. But we're not going to stop there, because God's plan the church that he sees and the church that we see is also a growing body. Say growing. A growing body where every member keeps developing. Now, talking of a growing, developing body, it would be morally wrong for me not to show you a latest picture of Toby. And the dog is a real dog. <laughs> now, as a, how many agree? That is, that is just adorable. Agreed? But can I say, if in five years' time, Toby was still looking like that, we'd be pretty concerned, wouldn't we? Because at this stage, he's growing, he's developing. And in the same way, God doesn't want us individually to stay the way we are. He doesn't want to stay us, as it were, spiritual infants or spiritual babes. And he doesn't want the church to stay in a state of spiritual infancy. If you read on in Ephesians chapter 4, um, it's, it's just amazing. At the end of this passage that we've been looking at, so we've got uh, every member gifted, equipping leaders, body functioning, and the idea is that we're to keep on functioning, and listen to this, what a vision, until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son 
that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ. How many want us as a church to grow more and more to be like Jesus the head? Because he's the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. That's why we're not going to stop here. We've had an amazing 33 years. Thank God for all that he's done. But I don't know about you. I don't want us to stop. I want us to keep moving forward in our unity together, in our knowledge of the Son of God, in our Christ-likeness, not just for our sakes, but for the sake of generations to come and for the sake of the people who don't yet know Christ, who he shed his blood for, and he wants to draw in so that they might receive and fulfill their destiny through being part of his wonderful body. Amen? So we want to keep growing. We want to keep developing. Now, Jesus is committed as the head to growing us through the Word and the Spirit. But it takes our partnering with the Spirit for us to keep developing. I love the phrase here. It says, as each part does its own special work. Some people say, well, I don't really know what my gifts are. I don't really know um, you know, so, so I'm going to wait until I get a bolt from heaven. No, God may speak to you, but in my experience of over 30 years of leading this church, the way that people discover their special place and their special work, guess what? They get started. So I'd encourage you, if you've never served or you've uh, stopped functioning in that way for a, for a while, then can I encourage you, the best thing to do is get back in or get in and get experimenting and discovering. Again, back to my thumb and, you know, as you start working in team and in community and small group and ministry team, you start finding, ah, so this thumb, it's different to the finger and that finger's different. And you start finding, if you, as it were, in the, the real world of real serving and relationships, ah, this person can do this better than I can. One of the things I often say is one of my, my greatest gifts is I realize how limited I am. <laughs> and I need a lot of other people around me to help. And I believe that part of discovering our special work is finding out what we're good at and what we're not good at. Aren't you glad you haven't got to do everything? Aren't you glad you've got others around you who can complement you and complete you? And can I just say that, you know, we, we, part of our Next Steps course that you may have heard about, we have a whole section there helping people get involved and start discovering their gifts. And what's the goal? The goal of... Me increasing in my character and my knowledge of Jesus and my gifting is not for my sake, it's for your sake. The goal of you growing is not just so that you can feel better about yourself, it's that what? That the other parts may grow. I believe the greatest contribution you and I can make is to help other people flourish in their God-given calling and destiny. And what's the goal? that the whole body will be healthy and growing. So as we come to a conclusion, let me just sort of circle back to something which I think is really important. For many, many years now, we've emphasized in this church the importance of what we call our frontline ministry. If you're around in the autumn, we did a whole series on the book of Daniel looking at our faith on the front lines. The question is, how does it work, our responsibility in our families, 
and our business and our workplace? How does that critically important frontline mission and work, how does that relate to what we're talking about here in the body? Well, can I say because we are connected, God wants to connect things for us. If we go back to Ephesians 1, and we see this in the, um, the sermon intro, it says, at the center of all this, Christ rules the church. Listen to this. The church is not peripheral to the world. The world is peripheral to the church. The church is Christ's body in which he speaks and acts, by which he fills everything with his presence. So what does that mean? Can I say every single one of us, if you're a Christian here today, watching online, Cambridge, Leicester, here and Peter, can I say, we must not allow cultural pressures or the spirit of the age to push church out to the periphery according to this. Because we are Christ's body, somehow the church is the apple of God's eye. She is the center of God's plan. And now Jesus wants to fulfill his ministry somehow through us being connected together as the body. It's just right there. But then as we connect together, as we serve the body and the function, the good news is we get empowered, we get equipped, we stand together, we get prayer cover, we get encouragement. So when we then go out on the front line to serve our families, our neighborhoods, our workplace, whatever our responsibility, we're still the body. Even though we may be out there on our own, you still have a company of people behind you, cheering you on, praying for you, encouraging you. And as we do that, we stay connected. And then we go out and we serve the world around us. Guess what? We're going to see many more lives transformed by the power of God's love from our neighborhoods to the nations in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So with that in mind then, I want to encourage us all to respond wherever we are. Whether you're online, whether you're in Leicester, whether you're here in the room. I was reading a, one of, I think, classic books, really, about our purpose in life. And it's Pastor Rick Warren's The Purpose Driven Life. And he asked a couple of questions. He says, when we go to meet Jesus on the final day, bear in mind he's the head of the body, he's going to ask us, Two questions. The first question is, what did you do with the gift of my son, Jesus Christ? How many think that's a first order question? It's what I would call the salvation question. And us responding rightly to Jesus, repenting of our sin, believing in him, receiving his spirit, what's the, the reward? eternal life. It's a free gift. But then he says the Lord's going to ask all of us a second question. What did you do with what I gave you? That's what I would call the stewardship question. It's got nothing to do with our eternal salvation. But if you read through the New Testament and look at the parables of Jesus and the teaching of Paul and others, there is a sense that our faithfulness in using what God has given us doesn't get us eternal life, that's by grace, but means we will receive eternal rewards. So I basically want to give all of us an opportunity 
to respond to either one or both of those questions. So I'd like to invite you, you can do this in your home as well, just invite you to stand. And for some of you, you maybe need to respond to that first question. You maybe need to receive the gift of Jesus Christ. Or maybe you've been away from, you need to recommit your life. But I think probably for the majority of us, it's that second question. Take a moment just to think. All the opportunities that God is giving you. And don't look back regretfully. Can't change the past, you can repent. But look ahead to the life you've still got. Think about the incredible experience and unique gift that God has given you. And then why don't we make this a moment where we offer up our lives again and say, Lord, for the rest of my life, I want to live for your glory. And in terms of directly responding to this message, Lord, I don't want to just selfishly consume and spend all the gifts, the talents, the treasure just on myself. Lord, I want to do this somehow to honor your body. I want to build up your body. And to help us with that response, uh, I want to just invite us to sing along with the, the band. It's a, it's a little prayer, short little sung prayer. If you know it, you can sing along. It basically goes, Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. I live for you alone. If you don't know the Lord or the, you've been away from him, why don't you make that your kind of inviting Jesus in or recommitting your life? And for the rest of us, whether you're, you're watching on the stream or you're here in the room, why don't we just put out our hands and as we sing, let's make this our prayer. Let's make this our offering. Let's make this our dedication or rededication of our lives to the Lord.
don't know the Lord or you've been away from him he gave his very best for you he gave his life for you he died on the cross for you he rose from the dead and he is alive here today right now why don't you just invite him in say Lord forgive me of my sin I come to you I come back to you I receive you into my life and then for the rest of us, if we're just praying this as already Christians, in our hearts, Lord, we say we want to live for you. And we want to live for your glory. And so I pray, Lord, as we conclude this time together, I pray that you would pour out your spirit upon every single one of us. I thank you, Lord, that there's way more in every single one of us than we've even realized. And so I call out destiny. I call out gifts, Lord. I call to any who, for whatever reason, have either never discovered their place in the body or that they've stopped functioning. I, I pray almost like I speak life back into the, that person. I pray that something would come alive on the inside. And I pray, Lord, that your spirit be poured out. Lord, we want to declare together today as we look ahead to the future of this church that we see, we, de we declare we are going to be a living body. We are going to be a healthy body. And we are going to be a growing body in Jesus' mighty name. If you agree with that, put your hands together. Thank the Lord for what he's doing amongst us in Jesus' name.